0: Matthew 7, verse 7, our Messiah says, Keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who searches, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts this day. How often do you find yourself in need whether it be physical, financial, mental, spiritual, something that you really need not want, not your own desires, something that you need. And instead of praying, you try to figure out a way to get it on your own. Anybody ever done that before? I can raise both hands. Now there is a requirement for us to do things. I cannot ask Yahweh to feed my family and then sit on my couch and not work. You can't have a test that you need to pass and neglect to study and just pray and ask the Father to download the information into your brain like a thumb drive. It's not that He can't do something like that. He can. He can do that. He can supernaturally feed my family. He rained manna down from heaven for the Israelites in the wilderness. But He doesn't operate like that most of the time. Even when he supernaturally opened up the Red Sea, let's say, for the Israelites to cross, he didn't pick them up with his giant right hand and set them on the other side. He could have done that. He didn't. He opened it up. They crossed on dry land. What I'm talking about more here in line with what our Messiah says in this text is when we try to fix everything on our own power and we don't ask, we do not search We do not knock for the help from our Father. Or maybe we pray one time and then we spend the next year trying to do it on our own. Well, he heard me the first time, we might think. I don't have to tell him again. Well, our Messiah says here in Matthew 7, Keep asking and it will be given to you. Now, now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I've consulted a few this week. I read them a lot. And that actually is the proper way to render the Greek text of Matthew into English. It's not ask as in ask once and then move on. It's ask continually and search continually. So the translators of this Bible say, keep asking, keep searching, and keep knocking. If I can't find my car keys or my wallet, I don't stop looking after a few minutes. Those are important items to me. I think about where I had them last. I retrace my steps. I keep looking. I keep searching. I keep knocking. Those are things I really need. How much more? How much more? For the things of the Spirit. How much more? Now, I think we can use this text here. I think it's okay for us to use this text for many of our needs, physical needs. I think if a family needs food, this is a text they can claim in that situation and ask the Father, please, Yahweh, somehow we don't have it, we don't have the money to get it, please, we're willing, provide us some way. To put food on the table. Same with shelter, same with clothing, same with a vehicle that one needs to get from point A to point B. There is nothing wrong with asking the Father to provide you with things that you need. I think we can use this text for that. Here's why. Look at the parallel account in Luke's Gospel. Turn to Luke chapter 11. Remember when we read the Gospels, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're called synoptic Gospels in theology. That basically means to see with one eye or to view in the same way because Matthew, Mark, and Luke record a lot of the same accounts with a little bit different flavor because they're different authors. So in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13, Luke records this same account as Matthew in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. But right before that, beginning in Luke 11, verse 1, he gives the disciples the model prayer. They say, teach us to pray, Master. Master. He says, okay, I'll teach you to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. So, same text. Then in Luke 11, 5 through 8, it says this. Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. I was putting this sermon together and it made me think of grandmom and granddaddy calling somebody Grandmama, if she wanted to borrow some eggs or some sugar or some flour, she might call a neighbor and say, Hey, you got a couple of eggs I can borrow. You got some flour. Anybody remember that? Their parents or grandparents doing that? Grandmama might be cooking breakfast in the morning or dinner after school, and the neighbor would call. Sometimes grandma would call a neighbor. And it's just something people in close communities did back then. It probably stemmed from people that didn't go to the store or to town very often, maybe once a month back in the older times. What I can't remember Grandmama ever doing is calling somebody at midnight and saying, hey, can I have a cup of flour? (laughs) Or if somebody called Grandmama and Granddaddy at midnight, Granddaddy might say something like, decent people are asleep at this time of night. (laughs) The point of Yeshua's parable here is that this asking is at a weird time for the person that's being asked. Midnight. That's not normal to make requests at midnight and what this shows us brothers and sisters what it shows us is our father's always ready to listen it doesn't matter what time of the day what time of the year what time you're having he's always ready to listen when we call to him and he will provide luke 11:7 then he will answer from inside and say don't bother me the door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed i can't get up to give you anything But I tell you, even though he won't get up and give anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And then in verse 9 of Luke 11, So I say to you, keep asking. Based upon this that I've just told you, I say to you, keep asking. Asking who? Asking the Father. No matter what time it is. No matter what you're going through, ask the Father. So you see the point in the parallel account from Matthew 7 to Luke 11. Luke shows that the asking is continual. It's not one knock. And then the friend goes away. He leaves. No, it's keep knocking. And the need is provisional physical needs. It's asking for bread. So I think it's okay to use the text for physical needs. And the point is that we should not just pray one time for our needs and quit. If you have something that you need, that Yahweh needs to provide you with, keep asking Yahweh for it. He's a good father and he will bless you. What this does not mean, and I have to put this in here as a caveat, because what this does not mean is what the whole prosperity gospel thing teaches where we can just ask to consume on, on our own lust. I mean, I don't, ask, I don't sit at home and ask for a yacht and a house on an island. Now, the Father could put me in those things if He so chose, but those are not things that I need. I'm not sitting around praying for an elaborate anything. I'm not saying you can't work hard and have those things. That's fine. But I don't think that this text is teaching us to pray for those type of things. I think it's talking about our provisions, what we need. Basics. I've heard preachers say, ask what you will and it shall be given to you. And then they go on talking about elaborate possessions. Well... It's so important that we don't just take one verse and run with it. We read everything the Bible has to say because in James 4, verse 3, we are also instructed about prayer where it says you ask and don't receive because you ask wrongly so that you may spend it on your desires for pleasure. The old King James says you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. So we have to take everything Scripture says about asking and receiving. So again, I think Matthew 7, 7-11 can be used as a base text for Yahweh supplying our needs when we ask Him. But, but, I think more so, this is a text about spiritual things that we ask Yahweh for. We covered this back in Matthew 6 where we were told to seek first the kingdom and everything else will be provided. Consider the wildflowers. Consider the sparrows. Seek the kingdom first. I'll take care of you. That word seek in Matthew 6 verse 33 is the same word search in Matthew 7 verse 7. Some Bibles use seek in both cases. Seek and seek. My Bible uses seek and search but it's the same word there in the Greek. The point is is that the asking, searching, and knocking here in Matthew 7 is the same seeking in Matthew 6. Seek ye first the kingdom. And his righteousness and everything else will be taken care of. So I think that Yeshua is predominantly talking about spiritual things here. Now, it's not just that that makes me think of that. But if you still are in Luke 11, let's look at Luke 11, the parallel account. Luke 11, verse 9. So I say to you, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who searches finds. And, the, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened What father among you if his son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead of a fish or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's a spiritual blessing. The asking being done here is for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Christians view the Holy Spirit being gifted to a person as a one time thing or something that comes upon a person when they're born again or some people like better born from above and we're sealed into the day of redemption so okay I don't have a problem with being given the down payment of the spirit Paul calls it the earnest down payment deposit of the spirit when we place our faith in the Messiah I'm good with that I don't have a problem with us being given a particular gift of the spirit which then that gift causes us to excel in a certain area that the congregation of the body of the Messiah needs. Every believer, I believe, has at least one gift of the Spirit. And the gift is to be used for the edification and, and upbuilding of the body of the Messiah. That's why we're given the gifts of the Spirit. I don't have a problem with either of those doses or levels, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. But I think here in Luke 11, coupled with Matthew 7, is a little bit different about asking for the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? Why does He say the Father will give the Holy Spirit... To those who ask for the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about it this way. This is how I think about it, and it's easy to understand. Let's say that you meet somebody that's grumpy, grouchy, mean, all those things, it's just nasty. And you walk away, and what do you say a lot of times? Man, that person had a bad spirit. What do you mean when you say that person had a bad spirit? What you mean is that their disposition and manner was not pleasant, it was ugly, it was nasty. On the contrary, you can meet somebody friendly, joyful, peaceful, and you walk away and often you might say what? Man, that person had a good spirit. You're referencing their attitude and their overall demeanor. I think that when Yeshua says that the Father gives the holy or set-apart spirit to those who ask him, I don't think he's speaking of an unbeliever asking Yahweh to gift them the down payment that seals us to the day of redemption. That's true, but I don't think that's what he's talking about here. I think Yeshua is teaching us as believers to ask for greater levels or doses of the Spirit greater levels of Yahweh in our life, greater understanding, greater insight, deeper communication, more fellowship a holier demeanor, a better and righteous attitude. So we might pray and ask Yahweh, Yahweh, please grant me more humility and more peace and more patience, which comes from His Spirit, His power. We might ask for joy. We might ask for the ability to be long-suffering with others, which comes from where? His Spirit, His power. When we ask, search, and knock for these things, keep asking, keep searching, keep knocking. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is a good Father that will bless us with what we ask for. He will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. The example he gives back in Matthew is with an earthly father being asked for something necessary by a son. As parents, when our children ask us for something that they need, we supply it to them. When they ask for bread, we don't hand them a stone and then snicker or laugh. When they ask for a fish, we don't give them a snake. That's silly. Generally speaking, parents take care of and provide for their children. Generally speaking, that's what Yeshua is talking about in general. At times, no doubt, we do have bad parents that neglect their duties. But Yeshua is not talking about that here. Because even when a bad parent leaves, usually somebody, grandparent, aunt, uncle, foster parent, will step up to the plate and provide for a child. And Yeshua is talking about this higher authority, this older person in this child's life, when the child asks for something that they need, the good father, the good parent, gives them what they need. And then Yeshua says, from the lesser to the greater, he argues this way, from the lesser to the greater, many times. But he says that if you, speaking about us, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and don't just glance over that, we don't like to think about this, But he calls it all of us evil here in this text. (laughs) If you who are evil, and he's talking about it in comparison with the Father, it doesn't mean we can't be referred to as a good man or a good woman. But he's saying in comparison to the Father, if you who are evil, who are sinners, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, lesser to the greater, how much more will our Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? That excites me. When I was a teenager, I used to listen to my great-uncle preach every week, once or twice a week, my granddaddy's brother. Some of you in here know him. His name was Franklin Walden. He was a fine man. He loved people, brought out some great things from the Word. And I still have nuggets that I put in my pocket, and sometimes in my back pocket, that he would tell me. And one thing in particular that I remember him preaching on when I was a teenager was being given the desires of our heart. He was pulling from Mark 11, 24 that morning where the Messiah said, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I remember him teaching on that and people clapping. He said, Don't clap yet. He said, Because I'm not talking about all desires. (laughs) I remember him saying that day that many people get this verse wrong and they start praying for a fancy car or jewelry or a big house. And he explained that day, and it stuck with me, that the desires of our heart that we receive are when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. When we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's desires become our desires and we can ask whatever we will and we'll be granted it. Not ask amiss, not ask to consume upon our lust, but when we dovetail with desires of Almighty Yahweh. I like that understanding. It's never left me. I've kept it for many years. So brothers and sisters, keep asking, searching, and knocking. Sometimes we wonder where Yahweh is. You ever wonder where Yahweh is? Sometimes we wonder, where are you at, Father? And sometimes it's because we have distanced ourselves from Yahweh. We don't spend time talking to Him in prayer. You never will feel close to Yahweh if you don't spend time doing spiritual things for Him. You won't feel close. You'll feel further and further and further and further away from Him. Why? Because you're getting further and further and further away from Him. He hasn't moved. He's still where He was. It's you that has distanced yourself from Him. People say, Brother Matthew, I don't feel spiritual. I say, well, when's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you read? When's the last time you studied? When's the last time you fellowshipped with believers? You will not be a spiritual person if you don't do spiritual things. So it's not Yahweh's fault. It's no different than waking up one day and feeling like your spouse is distant. But then you realize that, hey, maybe I've not made any effort to draw close to Him. Brothers and sisters, draw close to Yahweh and He will draw close to you. Get serious with Yahweh and He'll get serious with you. Keep asking for His provision. Never stop. Keep praying for higher and higher levels of His Holy Spirit. Let's look at our last verse for today. Matthew 7 verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. The first thing here is that word therefore and whenever you see the word therefore, What's it there ask yourself what it's there for. I heard old country preachers say that one time and I picked up on it many moons ago. What Yeshua is telling us here, this is his point on therefore. He's connecting 7 through 11 with 12. This is what he means with the therefore. If Yahweh treats us the way that he does in 7 through 11, we ought to treat one another in that way. If Yahweh gives good gifts and treats us kindly and nicely and provides for us, then therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do ye likewise to them. Now I want you to see something here. He says in verse 12, this is the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is a phrase that Yeshua often uses that summarizes the commandments. Not just the law. A lot of times we think the Torah is just the first five books. And that's where it starts and that's the basis of it. But that's not it. The prophets are also included in the commandments. Think back to Matthew five seventeen. He says, Don't think I came to destroy the law or the prophets there. In Matthew twenty-two forty, 40, he says on these two commandments, love Yahweh and your neighbor, hang all the law and the prophets, all the commandments. Yeshua says that what he commands here in Matthew 7, verse 12, is the law and the prophets. He doesn't say it's different from the law and the prophets. He doesn't say it's a replacement of the law and the prophets. He doesn't say it's a revision of The law and the prophets. Or he doesn't say I'm one-upping the law and the prophets. He doesn't say any of that. As though Yahweh didn't do something right the first time. And he has to come along and fix it for his father. He doesn't say any of that. He says whatsoever you want people to do to you. You do to them. This is the law and the prophets. In other words I'm teaching you the same thing the law and the prophets taught. Now I bring this up because traditional Christianity often teaches or makes it sound like Yeshua came up with new commandments. He brought on a new way of life. Out with the old, in with the new. But no, that's not what he says here. He gives us this instruction, this thing that we call the golden rule. And he says, this is the law and the prophets. This is what the law and the prophets taught. It's not new. It might be fresh because you've forgotten it. You've gotten away from it. I might have to reveal it to you because you've abused it, but it's not new. It's already what the law and the prophets taught. And if it's what the law and the prophets taught, it's what Father Yah taught. The instruction Yeshua gave here was not the first time that somebody summarized the Torah in this fashion. There are actually many times in the Old Testament where prophets would summarize the whole law under just a couple of things. Um, the prophet Micah said, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. He summarized it that way. Right? There's other times that the commandments are summarized too. So Yeshua summarizes it in Matthew 22. He summarizes it here in Matthew 7 verse 12. But there are other cases of this. For instance, let me give you a couple. The book of Tobit. Uh, some people call it a book of the Apocrypha. Tobit tells his son Tobias in Tobit 4.15. He says this. What you yourself hate do not do to anyone. Basically the same thing. The book of Sirach or Ecclesiasticus. Church book. Once again, the apocryphal book states similarly. Understand the things of your neighbor by your own and in every matter be considerate that's Sirach 31 verse 15 very similar to Matthew 7 12 before the gospel of Matthew kind of Rabbi Hillel one of two famous rabbis of the second temple period remember Hillel and Shammai Shammai was the more strict and rigid one I don't really like Shammai I'm a bigger fan of Hillel I like Hillel better he was a lot more merciful a lot more compassionate I agree with Hillel's understanding of Deuteronomy 24. I preached on that before. But just a lot more merciful guy. So I like him better. Hillel put it like this. When a Gentile or a heathen came up to him and said, I want you to teach me the whole Torah while I stand on one foot. Well, when the Gentile went to Rabbi Shammai, as it's recorded in uh, Jewish history, Shammai said, I can't teach you the whole Torah while you stand on one foot. It takes too long. Be gone. Left. When it comes to Rabbi Hillel, he says, teach me the Torah while I stand on one foot. And Rabbi Hillel said this, do not do to your neighbor what is hateful to you. This is the Torah. The rest is commentary. Go study. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Basically, Matthew seven twelve. Now, some commentators say that all the parallels, Tobit, Sirach and Hillel, are negative rather than positive. Listen carefully again. Hillel said, do not do to your neighbor what is hateful to you. Yeshua said, "Whatever you want others to do for you, see positive, do you likewise to them." So commentators point out the negative and the positive there. I think they're just being too nitpicky. I I think I think it's two different ways of saying the same thing. I think it's okay to say, "Don't do anything hateful that you wouldn't want done to you," and do positive things that people would, you know, you want people to do to you. I I think sometimes when commentators get too nitpicky overcomplicate simple things the point is is we should not try to make the Messiah say something brand new because he already said this is the law and the prophets I should do for my neighbor the good and I should not do to my neighbor the bad both are good both should be followed and Yeshua would have agreed with Hillel and Hillel would have agreed with the man from Nazareth so as we study the Torah Sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming, especially if you 're new to it if you 're fresh to it, and you just learn oh Yahweh wants us to obey his commandments first John five verse three, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, so you 're brand new to it, and then along walks in somebody and they say there are six hundred and thirteen laws for you to follow brother and sister so and so let 's start at the beginning and go through all six <laughs> thirteen Well, it might be true that you could count the commandments at six thirteen that might be true. I've never counted them out like that, but there's websites you can go on that count them out to 613. But it's a little bit deceiving because a lot of those 613 commandments don't apply to anybody in here. Uh, A lot of them just apply to the Levite priesthood. Some of them apply to exceptional cases of leprosy, which is very rare. Others only apply to men. Some only apply to women. And obviously, if you're a man in here No law that applies to a woman applies to you. If you're a woman in here, no law that applies to a man applies to you as a a female. Same thing with a priest. We don't have any Levite priest in here, at least that we know of right now. And so those priesthood laws do not apply to us. So the list of commandments is not 613 steps steep for you, but but it does take a lot of reading and study and a number of years to begin to get all the commandments in your mind and your heart. And it also takes the Holy Spirit. Brother Orlando prayed, Heavenly Father, enlarge the borders of my heart so that you can write all the commandments in it. I still pray that prayer today. If the Spirit has not pricked your heart and is not enlarging your heart with a desire to love and know and obey the commandments, it'll be just like when I tried to learn algebra or calculus in high school it was a pain rather than a joy but if you love Yahweh if Yahweh gets a hold of you it won't be a chore you'll consider it a privilege when you open up this book and you say oh father what can I do today show me your word Teach me your ways. If you ever get overwhelmed in the Torah, and we got some Torah terrorists out there, right? (laughs) If you ever get overwhelmed in the Torah and you need to slow down or take a pause, that's okay. Just don't go backwards. But you can slow down take a pause sometimes. If you find yourself in a situation that you're not exactly sure what the law speaks on it, you don't know the particulars, just apply Matthew seven, verse twelve. When we're talking about horizontal person to person, just apply Matthew seven, verse twelve. Until you can study more particularly and in depth, just remember whatever you want other people to do to you, you do to them. I teach my sons that when we do business with people. I said that's the number one rule out here. You don't do anything to somebody else that you wouldn't want them to do to you. If you live by that, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Very simple instruction. It will catapult you. Listen, Matthew 7, verse 12 will catapult you to the top in business, in human relations, in friendships, and in your fellowship with everybody. It will catapult you to the top if you obey Matthew 7, verse 12. Very important. The summary does not negate the individual more detailed laws. The individual more detailed laws do not negate the summary. They dovetail with, with each other. Yeshua is not trying to say don't study the Torah, just do this. No, he's saying this is a good summary of all the commandments about interacting with people. The golden rule. So to recap, as I conclude, keep asking. Keep searching. Keep knocking. You have a good Father in heaven. He gives good gifts to his children. If you ask him for a bread, he is not going to give you a stone. If you ask him for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. You serve a good, good, Father. Chris Tomlin wrote a good song when he wrote that one. <laughs> if your desires align with Yahweh's, you can ask what you will, and He'll give it to you. And because Yahweh treats us so, so good, we ought to treat each other so, so good. Treat people the way you want to be treated. That's how you obey the law and the prophets, which are still, it hasn't changed. They're still our standard for living. Do you love Yahweh today? Amen. We'll continue Matthew chapter 7. Next week i have a word of prayer and then we'll do our testimony and prayer request service. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this word. Help us to apply it. Don't let it go in on one ear and out the other with the people. Help us to apply it tonight, tomorrow, throughout the week. Let us remember the words of your Messiah. It is through Him we pray. Amen.